0: Hello, and welcome to the Tarot To Go radio podcast. I'm Anastasia Hazler, and with me tonight... Rose Red, hi everyone.
1: And Andrew, hello.
0: And our very special guest, Johanna Gargiulo-Sherman, creator of the Sacred Rose Tarot. Welcome, Johanna.
2: Oh, hi.
3: Hello. Hi. Welcome. Yay.
0: Yay. <laughs> I just want to say, first of all, thank you for staying up late to talk to us. Um, since we're not live, our listeners don't know until I tell them now that it's actually 10 p.m. your time, and you have graciously agreed to stay up past anybody's reasonable bedtime and talk with us, so we really appreciate that. Yes, we do. Ah,
2: thank you.
0: You're more than welcome. Aww. So So um, we had a chance to meet you at the Reader Studio in April in Newark, sponsored by the Tarot School. And that was fabulous. And I know that Rose Red sort of cornered you (laughs) (laughs) and um, talked your ear off about your deck. And um, so we'll try not to cover too much of the same ground, but there's a lot that um, she got out of the conversation that we would like to share with our listeners.
2: Fine.
0: um, But first, Rose Red and Andrew are both holding interesting-looking things that they want to talk about. Okay. Who wants to go
4: first?
1: Would you like to go first? Certainly. We'll, right, we'll
4: do the ladies' first thing. Um, I have a really great book called The Story of the rider Waite or the Wait-Smith Tarot by K. Frank Jensen, and it's put out by the Association for Tarot Studies. And they do have a website, so let me give it to you association.tarotstudies.org. And it's a book by Ken or by Frank Jensen as he describes the history of how the Rider Waite-Smith deck came to be known and built. It goes into comparing the different editions, the Pamela A, Pamela B, Pamela C, Pamela D editions, and he found out that, you know, he thought, he, oh, well, my deck is great and old and it's wonderful, and then he found somebody who had an older deck. <laughs> As is often the case. And, and he was like, wait a minute, the art's different. How come? And then he started doing a lot of research to come up with this book. Mm-hmm. And he just goes into great details of stuff you didn't really think about. Specifically, he focused on the Lover's card and the Sun card because they're just so different than the Marseille's deck, which was before the, the Smith deck mm-hmm. or the Rider Waite Smith deck. And he really goes into how they're different and why they're different in his studies. And I also points out little, little known artifacts art details such as like on the Sun card there's an extra little squiggle instead of it being eleven there's ten with this little squiggle why did he do that right and and did people notice and and he just goes into little things you didn't even think about Mm -hmm. he also brings up the fact that like for example the lover's card in his in the Rider Waite deck has just a couple whereas decks before that had three people right in their in their things not including the angel right so I mean, it's just like lots of little details that I didn't think about. And then he also does a comparison of different decks from nineteen eight eleven on mm-hmm. to 2000, and he says how the the decks have evolved and how they've taken what Smith and Riderweight and all of them put out together, and how they've changed it and made it their own. Mm, cool. So it's kind of neat. Just it's a way to just to get more detail and more information. Mm-hmm. And it also talks about Arthur's studies and why he. <laughs> you know, why he decided he had to make this deck and rectify it. Right. You know, and, and even when they were to noticing in the pictorial, the key to the pictorial tarot, I can talk today, it's great. <laughs> um, he, It's actually the pictorial key to the tarot. Thank you. you it's <laughs> my 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 mouth is not working completely well. Um, he, even himself, he had switched the cards, the strength card and the justice card. It talks about how even when he was writing the key. Okay, I'm going to let you tell me it again. (laughs) Pictorial key to the tarot. Thank you. ah, The pictorial key to the tarot, that even while he was writing it, there's a difference. He even confuses the two cards, Mm -hmm. even after he switched it. Mm -hmm. Throughout the book, for the first part, it goes, the eight is strength and the 12 is justice. Then the second part of the book, he switches them back. Mm -hmm. And then the third part of the book, he switches them back again decisiveness I like it well you know and they've they've hence they fixed it but in f- early copies of it you can see that they didn't proofread mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of crazy and then he also did an article about his deck before it came out for the occult review that he was writing uh, the occult review magazine and the Sun card was labeled 18 mm-hmm. instead of 19 mm-hmm and you just kind of go, wait a minute, but it's 19. <laughs> Even in his deck, it's 19. What the heck? So It's, it's, just, it's a Yeah, a typo, definitely. Well, it, a written, a drawing error, actually. <laughs> a draw-o, I guess. A draw-o. was
1: oh, actually on the plate.
4: But, and it's got a whole list of really great literature and bibliography books that you can look up. A bunch that were written by, let me go back here, um, Paul Foster Case. Mm-hmm. He cites Alistair Crowley. um, and he just goes on and on about the different places you can look to get more information on this great deck, right? And you know the the birth of the mm-hmm. deck. And he also talks about Pixie, you know Pamela Coleman Smith, mm-hmm. and how they met, and and talking about how she was looked at as having the second sight. Mm-hmm. But she didn't even think of it that way. Whereas everybody, you know, nowadays it's like, oh, you've got second sight, that's great. Whereas back then it was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And she'd just go on with her day. Mm-hmm. And, it, no, and she didn't make a big deal about it. So it was right. kind of interesting to read that, that you know, she mm-hmm. looked at her life as kind of average, whereas nowadays, it would be very different.
0: Yeah, um, It's it's interesting that you brought that in particular um, for anybody who is into the scholarly side of the origins of the writer waite smith deck. Uh, it's an excellent resource, and um, if you go to Holly Volley's site, which I don't have off the top of my head, but will be on our website with the summary of this podcast, um, or you can just do a internet search for Holly Volley, V-O-L-E-Y, and uh, she's devoted tremendous amounts of time to scholarship and research Mm -hmm. on the origin and the various incarnations of the RWS deck, and just fabulous, and I love her work, and when I have time, (laughs) it's a great website to hang out and read on, uh, so highly recommend that. So, well, thank you, Rose Red. And, um, Andrew, you, you're also waving around a book.
1: This is true. For today, I brought uh, the Power Tarot, more than 100 spreads that give specific answers to your most important questions Ooh. by Trish McGregor and Phyllis Vega. Will it us. tell
0: me where my car keys
1: go? Uh, well, there might be a spread <laughs> in here because that's the. there's a, over 100 uh, different tarot spreads in here, so mm-hmm. I haven't read them all, so there might be. Uh, this is brought to us by the people at Fireside, which is a subset of... Um, simon and schuster of new york mm-hmm. uh... let's see i picked this up because by its title or the subtitle it had a hundred different kinds of tarot spreads in it and that was really interesting to me because as a fairly newbie in this the, the field of tarot readings and such i wanted to see what were all the different ways of of laying out the cards and looking at the meetings, meanings and how to learn from that. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of these spreads I wouldn't actually use, <laughs> but they're interesting to look at and, mm-hmm. and kind of wonder where, you know, where did they get their inspiration for that.
0: And, and just in case anybody's wondering, yes, Andrew is an engineer.
1: Oh, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Yes. I have to study things before I do anything, yes. Um, so the book is roughly in eight chapters. So the first is an overview of what the tarot is, including the minor, minor and major arcana, and such useful sections as how to keep a tarot journal of what your experiences and interpretations are. The... Uh, deck care, preparation, and clearing of your tarot deck between readings. I thought that was kind of entertaining. Some mm-hmm. people are very fastidious about what they do with their tarot deck between <laughs> readings. and Other <laughs> and people just throw it in a bag and throw it in their backpack. So uh, there's a world of difference. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which one are we? <laughs>
1: uh, second chapter is a description of uh, how tarot works, including the big words archetypes and synchronicity. I think mm-hmm. it goes so far as to clo- quote uh, Jung in his interpretation of the I Ching. So, um, that's another interesting section. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next two chapters are about the major arcana, the court cards, and the minor arcana. So that's up through Chapter 5, and that's, that's over <laughs> half the book alone there. there wow. is all leading up to that. It doesn't really hit the, the, what the book is about until Chapter 6, mm-hmm. uh, almost 200 pages in, where it starts talking about the different spreads. And they're, they're divided up by how many cards go in the spread, all the way from single card spreads to of yes, no, or the card of the day, to a whopping, let me check real quick, 24-card double horoscope
0: Woo-hoo! spread,
1: and... Uh, well,
0: you know, if, if, if you're a numbers fiend, um, check out Rachel Pollock's 78-card spread.
3: Oh, wow. You, you,
0: you, it, it's, it's one of these days I'm gonna move all the furniture out of our living room and do it.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Maybe I should ask my husband about that first, huh? Or at, least know, so. yeah. <laughs> well, at least let him know. Yeah. At least let him know. See he doesn't come home and go, put honey. That, what put, happened to the couch? Put
1: that on the Put that on the calendar well ahead of time. Um, a couple of spreads in here I've actually tried. Let's see if I can find what they are here. Was the writer spread and? Uh, for finding inspiration, getting past a writer's block? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of personal meaning are you going to get out of the project? What's uh, what external and internal forces are pro and con? Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. I actually, tried that the first time.
0: And how'd that work for you?
1: Uh, it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, it did give me some insight into what I was trying to trying to work past. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another one called the Dream Interpretations uh, spread, uh, which is a twelve-card spread of all things. But it didn't. That one didn't work for me so much because I didn't understand why. The cards meant what they were supposed to mean. Mm-hmm. So that some of these you'd have to practice a lot in order to get something out of it. Mm. Well, uh, that's
0: kind of how Tarot goes. This is very much true. <laughs>
1: you know, you find you find what works for you, and you you practice what doesn't until it does. Yeah. So
0: or you give up in despair and go eat cookies. <laughs> 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 the
1: <laughs> the final chapters are about how to deal with um, spreads that don't make sense or readings <laughs> that you can't make work.
3: Uh-huh. Um, it's the it,
1: it's it's subtitled "Don't Panic," which I think is highly appropriate. <laughs> And the final chapter is uh, Point of Power, which talks about free will. Because as much as tarot readings are about uh, choices and decisions... A lot of them also try to say, well, this is what's going to happen in the future, or what you're going to do in the future. And mm-hmm. Philosophically, I don't believe in that. You know, mm-hmm. they, we're human beings. We're given free will. We make choices.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All that tarot can do is give us possibilities. Right. But ultimately, we're the ones that choose the path. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter 8 also deals with how to cope with alternate beliefs. Like people walk up to you, and, qu- and I quote from the book, the tarot mm-hmm. is the devil's work. Uh, oh,
0: we've never heard that We haven't even had have no. to deal with that
1: before, no. Mm-hmm. So... I found this a really interesting book. Uh, It's got uh, entire sections devoted to the particular cards, so if you need a quick brush up on a a particular card, this is pretty useful, and I Mm -hmm. keep referring to this. And then the spreads were entertaining at the very least, (laughs) and and some of them were probably pretty useful. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend this to someone who wanted to see some alternate ways of using their tarot deck, um, and also just as a, a reference for somebody who's just getting started and wants to learn more.
0: I say it's a party game. Yeah, <laughs> People flip through and randomly pick a spread. Oh, sure. Wherever, you know, bibliomancy, whatever spread it opens on, and then do the spread as a group and see what happens.
1: Oh, that's well, also possible. Hey, that could be fun. I,
0: hey, I think we have a workshop. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. sign me up. We'll put it on the calendar. Hmm? Um,
1: so that was, of course, again, the the Power Tarot by uh, Trish McGregor and Phyllis Vega.
4: Great. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. Certainly. appreciate it. And I have to say, he hasn't put it down once he started really digging into it, so mm-hmm. I no. actually had to look at it. <laughs>
1: This is the one I took with me to the Reader Studio. And uh, this is where I was first practicing some of the the spreads and the the meanings in them. So it's proved a useful resource for me.
0: Great. Aren't you amazed how many books there are in Cairo? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> flabbergasted. And I'm amazed at how many of them are in my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's not just the sheer quantity of them, but the sheer quantity of them that somehow have followed me home. <laughs> uh, I was actually at the uh, Terra Association of the British Isles conference last week. Oh, um, okay. And I, I have to apologize, I'm still a little jet-lagged. And so if I'm incoherent, I'm blaming the jet Um But, um, and of course, Tabby had a wonderful shop of books and decks and things. And I was looking at all these books going, oh, these are great. And I'm thinking, no, wait, I have a suitcase. I'm on an airplane.
4: (laughs) I have how many
0: books at home that I haven't read yet? There's only Um, so many you can take home. No, that's not true. Our house is not full yet. We're just there today, you know that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I exercise great
0: self-control mostly because it's like, okay, no, I, I don't want to have to, like, you know, ditch my clothes at the hotel in the UK and ship them home so I can bring home the books.
3: <laughs> well, the
0: trip
1: home from, from New Jersey that we went, we ended up having to get a whole nother suitcase just to fill with all the swag and uh, stuff that we got on that trip. Uh-huh. So, That's yeah. true. And then got overcharged because it was too heavy.
0: Yes, <laughs> whips, whips. No, see, it's, it's, you take... Um, UPS or FedEx ground shipping slips mm-hmm. and ship them home to yourselves.
1: That's a brilliant idea.
0: There you go. Well, now we know what to do for next year's uh, Reader Studio. Yep. And see, you're set. So anyway, so Johanna, thank you for reading so patiently while we've talked about all these amazing books. Oh, I enjoyed listening. And a couple more things to put on your reading list if you haven't already. Um, so you have a deck and a book, the wonderful and amazing Sacred Rose Tarot, um, which I have to say is a beautiful deck and I really... Enjoy it a great deal.
2: Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You. It's, it's been around for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, reached its 25th anniversary. Wow,
0: really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yes,
2: it is. It's, uh, it's an old warhorse.
0: <laughs>
2: okay, I'm not going to think
0: about what that means in terms of my lifespan. Okay? Um, I mean, we're, we're not going there. <laughs> but, well, congratulations. um Wow, I can now say, a party. Yeah. It's like, wow, I have a deck that's older than a lot of my friends.
4: <laughs> well, a few of them.
3: Yeah.
2: It seems... When I when I say I'm in my crone years, I really do...
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's... it's, it's um,
2: you know, it's, somehow it just doesn't seem like it's been that long, and yet,
0: there it is. So, um, when you first... Well, I, I guess... Um, let's, let's back up. And, um, you know, 26 years ago, or however long it was, um, did you just wake up one day and say, gosh, I'm going to make a tarot deck? Or did it just, do you get this inspiration and start drawing things and suddenly you realize, wow, I've got a tarot
2: deck? I, As a child, I saw movies. I was brought up on Coney Island. Mm. I was very familiar with card images from the locals. We have a, a strip called The Bowery in mm-hmm. Coney Island. I mm-hmm. think when I was a child, and that was like a, uh, a walk in a different world and there were there there was a uh, gypsy tea room oh how fun and my uh, very superstitious family <laughs> members my mother's side no less mm-hmm. would uh drag me to get their tea leaves read and their cards read
5: mm-hmm.
2: and uh with the local uh Gypsies,
5: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: and so I was very comfortable with the idea of the cards, and I used to love looking at the images. I was always artistic, mm-hmm. and I just sort of knew I was going to do a deck. Mm-hmm. And this was like eight years old, wow, type wow. of thing. Mm-hmm. But okay, fine. <laughs> years pass. I'm in high school. I see a movie called Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. <laughs> really? Uh, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee—you know the usual <laughs> troop over there from Great Britain—and right. um, and I said, you know what, I got to pick up a deck of cards. Uh huh. And I, I was at—I was attending the High School of Art and Design at that time.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, which is in Manhattan, not in Brooklyn. <laughs> And Funny how I'm that. far from Bloomingdale, <laughs> And I walk into Bloomingdale's and I ask them if they had tarot cards. Hmm. And sure enough, <laughs> I just got a shipment in.
0: At Bloomingdale's?
2: At Bloomingdale's.
0: This was a different era, clearly.
2: Okay. Wow. <laughs> years passed. I'm saying years. Um, I was in high school 19... I graduated high school in 1966. Mm-hmm. It is now... 1978. Mm-hmm. I'm a married woman. I I was working in the jewelry field,
5: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, the I had a car accident. My neck. I couldn't deal with the jewelry making jewelry anymore. Mm-hmm.
3: Right?
2: So uh, I decided to change and go into illustration. Mm-hmm. I send out samples of my artwork to many people. Many, many people. Mm -hmm. And uh, Stuart Kaplan calls me up and he says, I like your artwork. Will you please come down? Oh, wow. 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 With Stuart a tarot deck. (laughs) And I said, well, I always knew I was going to get the telephone. (laughs) (laughs) So I went down and sure enough, that was the beginning. And when I told him, he says, "Uh, when did you Seriously start, you know, studying the cards. And I said, well, when I was in high school, I picked up my first deck at Bloomingdale's. He says, well, I (laughs) must have been the, that was one of the decks I sold to Bloomingdale's gift department. (laughs) Because he, his family's coal mining family. Mm -hmm. He was like the eccentric child. Right. right? And he had an eccentric uncle. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: um,
2: Uncle. God bless these eccentric uncles and aunts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and his eccentric uncle was a collector mm-hmm. of toys. So he he accompanies his uncle to the Nuremberg Toy Fair and that's when he got interested in tarot.
4: Wow. And putting
2: oh. and exporting tarot decks to the United States. He didn't like coal mining. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking no. I mean, he has an engineering degree also. <laughs> oh. Wow. With Kaplan. huh Yeah. Wow. He's written several major works on coal mining. I had no idea. And
5: geology. That is
1: interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something. So, uh, so Another
1: engineer who was into the tarot. Yeah.
2: I mean, uh, it wasn't like he was born. Except for his uncle who was into toys and uh that type, those types of antiquities, you know, boy mm-hmm. collecting, uh, and him just picking up the decks and saying, this is going to be my future, mm-hmm. you know, where we all would be.
5: Mm-hmm. Indeed.
2: Wow. Amazing. Just amazing. So that's how it happened. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm giving you a very shortened version right. of it. I mean, you'll hear, <laughs> you know, I, I, could, I could tell all different stories about <laughs> it because there's so many things that happen in one's life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have not written my memoirs yet, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it's it's uh, it's part of the way things work out. And I always so, knew I was going to do a tarot. Deck. Uh, and then it so, came true. Yeah. And it came true. And this came true with the with a major publisher. It wasn't as if now today, everybody could do a tarot deck mm-hmm. and we could self publish. Yeah, but at the
0: time that you know, people didn't. You weren't able to buy ancient printers for twenty nine dollars exactly. and pre-printed perforated cardstock the exact size for tarot decks.
3: It's, and,
2: and it's amazing. It was. It was just. Uh, I mean, the first when that was first printed, they were still using uh, lead-based inks. Wow! Mm. <laughs> wow! Yeah. which changed color when they went into the soy-based mm-hmm. things. So people would call me up, I have an old deck of yours, and the colors are so much more vivid. How come now. You know? And I'm like, going, oh, well, there was an international law about let they stink. Yeah,
0: because they're toxic, you know? so don't lick them. Yeah, I was just um, going to yeah, say, exactly. enjoy your
1: cards, just don't lick them.
0: Yeah. So, I have a question. I'm curious. Um, <laughs> just going back to the deck that you bought at Bloomingdale's, what deck was it? It was a Marseille. As far as okay, I'm just curious. Like, so what? What deck <laughs> does Bloomingdale
2: sell? I wonder if they still sell.
4: Yeah, that'd be interesting yeah. to find out. Well, there's a
2: Bloomingdale's done it somewhere. I have I uh, Bloomingdale's had made such changes since 1964. <laughs> oh, but, you know, you know but what I'm anything's, anything's <laughs>
0: possible. If, nothing else would be awfully entertaining to walk into their gift department and say, "Hi, we're looking for a tarot deck. On the other hand, in San Francisco, anything's possible. Very it's true. true. So, so
2: anyway, so so so. Hmm? It was just one of these unusual situations. Yeah. It's like um, the crossing of the paths. mm You don't know, you know, and then you find out, that oh, my goodness. And there it is. It's almost,
1: yeah, it's the full circle of the measure of him going and selling these decks to Bloomingdale's and then years later finding an artist who was inspired by them and bought that very deck. And Mm -hmm. uh, he then turns around and, and... Says, hey, I want you to make a tarot deck for me.
0: So, so did you say, okay, sure? I had this idea, or did he say I had this concept, or did uh, you just? No,
2: I didn't. I, he just. I went in there cold, and mm-hmm. uh, he says, think of an idea. Mm-hmm. So I had. Uh, for I said, I know I need a, a system. I I knew enough of that. Mm-hmm. I said, I have to get my thoughts organized because of my ADD. You know. What I'm saying? <laughs> I'm 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 a person that has a lot of ideas all at one time, mm-hmm. and I have to sort of like channel my my ideas to make anything work. Right. So I I had the book uh, Sir Lowe's uh, Dictionary of Symbols, mm-hmm. and I started looking up, just reading it, and I came across the four uh, sacred roses. Oh. And ah, four suits, four sacred roses.
0: A nice symmetry
2: there. Yeah. Rose cross. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The rose of the cross, mm-hmm. things like that. And, and I said, oh, you know, this sounds pretty good. And I I brought the idea to uh uh Stewart, and he and he says, yeah, that sounds great. hmm Because I I actually said the name of the deck I think should be the Sacred Rose Tarot. hmm And he and he said yes. <laughs> great. So it was uh, It was uh quite, it wasn't a hard sell. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, the idea was easy, you know, then the next step comes, the actual execution, so.
2: Well, the, at first, the actual execution came, uh, just the first uh, picture was the fool, which appeared very poorly reproduced mm. in his first um, Encyclopedia of the Tarot, mm-hmm. and that's when we decided we had to change the whole style. Right. Of artwork, both well, because of the sepia tones of the um, uh, brown, brown sepia ink, which would bleed into the watercolor, gave a wonderful look in person. Mm-hmm. But for color reproduction, it became mud. Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah. I imagine it might. So
2: that's where I had to do a definitive, uh, brightly colored type of. Uh, artwork and I had to make it work Mm -hmm. what was so interesting is as I was reading some materials on uh, the golden dawn and the use of flashing tablets and of course you know being a child of 60 (laughs) psychedelic is not foreign (laughs) to me (laughs) (laughs) these flashing tablets are supposed to put you in an altered state Mm -hmm. maybe we could incorporate them into a tarot deck Yeah. so that's when I Came up with a color system based on the four sacred roses, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why when you put them, the, the de- you lay out the deck. It's like, you know, wow, look at these colors. Yeah, no,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's 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 very colorful, and it's not that bright, primary color assault the uh, the uh, cornea kind of coloring either. It's very vivid, but it's not painful. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. Bright, but not too bright.
2: Exactly. Um, and, um, and, you know, so that's the way uh, it went along. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, and, you know, we developed. I changed some of the symbolism because I figured, yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, you make it your dogs hour. howling
2: at the moon, you know, what are <laughs> they supposed to be? You know, have, you know, a wolf, wolf dog, whatever. It's, it's the moon card, I think there's something about... I wanted to depict Luna the way, like a mad dance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I uh, actually took a picture uh, from Martha Graham's St. Joan.
0: Oh, okay. That family explains family. the the, the pose. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I, I, in fact, I just came across it in Time magazine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Wow, that's um." pose. yeah, and I put that used it in the uh, moon card.
0: Oh, that's great! Yeah, and now that you mentioned that, I can see how that's a dancer's pose. Mm -hmm. You know, before it's just like, Oh, she's got this, yeah.
2: And anyone who knows has any background in Wicca knows the moon dance is really nice. Yeah, yeah. no, that's that's great. And that dancing does have a big part in in uh, magical law mm-hmm. and, uh, to raise energy and things like that. And I thought, hey, you know, man, it would be nice mm-hmm. to have uh, a dance to represent, representative, mm-hmm. you know, representation mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So, so it sounds like that card kind of
0: came together pretty easily for you in terms of how you imagined it and how you were able to take the, the vision you had and put it down on the paper. Um, were there any cards that were challenging for you in terms of how am I going to depict this?
2: what oh, what's very funny is the devil card I could not do on a Sunday. <laughs>
0: oh my Roman Catholic
2: upbringing came out.
0: I was gonna say your, your grandmother was in the back of your head, wasn't she? Yeah. One yeah.
2: day I could do it, but Sunday I couldn't. Yeah.
0: No. No. Not on Sunday.
2: Amazing. I mean, was just I, was, I had the cleanest house going. Mm-hmm. When I was working, I would be stirring the cauldron in my soul and brain, mm-hmm. thinking of the cards, mm-hmm. and washing and scrubbing my floors. You mm-hmm. know, at the same time, I had walls, and anything that could be clean, mm-hmm. would be clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a freaking span house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now so there's I was, an interesting <laughs> idea. I was working up the energy. <laughs> to me, just sitting at a blank piece of paper, that's why I believe, I, I really admire writers who have the discipline to sit down and write, because... Look at a blank piece of paper to me is horrendous. Well it stares
0: back at you. It says, well, here I am. Something. Yeah. You think you're so smart. I don't see anything on here. It's like, oh, shut <laughs> and it's, you know, And it's amazing how much time it can take to prepare to do your work. Yeah. You know, it's, I have to put the paper out. I have to get the pens right. I have to refill the ink. Mm-hmm. I need to make a pot of tea. Oh, I should have some biscuits to go with my tea. And it's two hours later and you still haven't written a word or drawn anything. And it's like, okay, I've done enough preparation. I really need to just sit down and do mm-hmm. something.
2: Well... What was so interesting is, and I tell the story uh, about my one of my very, very favorite cards, is the Hermit card mm-hmm. that I did, because he was really on the paper mm-hmm. as an image. He was impo- impressed wow. on the paper. Mm-hmm. Because I had four canvases or uh, arches, pads, watercolor pads, mm-hmm. and I would try to work in fours. Mm. Because I wanted the four suits or whatever I was working on, you know, to, to work in an energy flow. Right. Uh, well, the the hermit card was just amazing uh, for the because uh, only the ma- minor, major arcana did I work. Sorry, with the um, each individual card.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh. And I, I was cleaning my house like crazy. <laughs> and I said, Well, let, I gotta do the Hermit card. So I wound up and I went to my desk and he was right there impressed.
5: Wow.
1: Wow. It
0: sounds a
2: lot that like was how. One of the most amazing stories. So I have a special affection for the Hermit's card. Well, it's a
0: very dramatic card. Yes. And it's really quite, when, when um, you're flipping through the deck for the first time and it's just. And he's there, and he's intense, and just all that vibrant color, um, particularly the, the, the lovely burgundies that you've done with his cloak. It's really quite
2: nice. Well, you know what? I, I, I had a feeling that a person who is on a quest is not a peaceful soul. <laughs> True. True.
0: True. Yeah, it's, it's, if, some, if, if, if one is at peace within oneself, one does not generally feel the need to...
4: To quest, yeah. right,
2: and uh, therefore I—I I mean, he's—he's he's an intense character, yes? yeah.
4: hmm And—and unlike most other decks, he's actually looking at you. You know, mm-hmm. normally if you look at other decks, he's kind of looking off into a distance, or and looking at his lantern or looking at his lantern or or whatever. And this has got him engaging the person who's looking at the card. So he's looking back, if you will, which is kind of neat. And the, the,
2: another card that I had unusual. Experience. This was the Ace of Wands. Mm-hmm. I had a trouble with that one. Huh, okay. And uh, uh, Freud, I mean, Freud may have had a good number on me. <laughs> 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 but I went and I did a meditation, and I actually saw the card. Wow. Three de- oh, total hallucination. Mm-hmm. Right at me bam, and I go up, yippee, got up, and I did the artwork. Well, you know, oh, just wow. kind of
0: coming out of the card mm-hmm. at, you know, <laughs> this club with this hand, you know, coming out at the card, the, the energy is very much there, and just visually as well. Right, mm-hmm. it's
1: very similar to the Ace of Swords that way, but there's a, there's more of an imposing, you know, humanness to the, the the Ace of Wands.
0: Yeah, there's oh, a yeah, movement in the
2: Ace of Explosion. Wands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw an explosion.
0: Yeah. yeah cause it's because it's there's that movement and the the light around it, which is, I guess, sort of what carries that explosion, explosive energy.
2: Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. so we, you know, things like this, they're experiences, and I, I'm i so happy to convey the experiences because wouldn't we all give our eye teeth to sit down with Pixie Smith? <laughs> Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know whether we would give our IT to sit down with the wait, but... <laughs> well, it's,
0: it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I, pay, know I, I, I pay a reasonable sum of money to chat with, with Uncle Art, but yeah. but but Pamela Smith, oh, you betcha. Oh, yeah.
2: And, or even Lady, Lady Frida Harris. Mm-hmm. Or, and good old Uncle Al over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to understand where they were coming from. Mm-hmm. Or to question them. Mm-hmm. It's like, so what... What 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 is this thing
4: here? Um, you know, why
0: did you pick that? Why did you pick
4: this? Mm-hmm. Um, and in, uh, along that vein, I'm going to ask the question. The sun card. Yours is one of the first ones that I've ever really noticed that it has two children in it looking at each other as reflective mm-hmm. instead of, you know, either playing with each other or just one child on a horse. Right. And I was just curious as to why you did that. Ah,
2: cosmic twins. Okay. I thought that, you know, there is always, when you speak of needs fulfilled, Mm -hmm. in which I think of Sun Card as being, the childhood, you know, as children, our needs are not interpreted by how much we have, Mm
5: -hmm.
2: but just by uh, being content, Mm -hmm. you know, and being in comfort, and we're, we're not spoiled. I mean, this is pre spoiling <laughs> <laughs> childhood. Uh-huh. I don't know if we have any children like that now, but it's uh-huh. running Uh But uh, uh, I thought of a support system. Mm. Also. Oh, okay. Yeah. Similar uh, or childhood friends, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Or even. M- I want to put two children there,
5: mm-hmm. not
2: Yeah, just one.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, you know, it's. it's imaginary playmates, for those of us who yeah. grew up in mm-hmm. neighborhoods where every all, all the kids were just a few years too old or a few years too yeah. young. There was nobody really in your age bracket. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'll just spend time with my imaginary friends, because they're the right age, and they don't annoy me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think support uh, to have something of a supportive person near you is very important in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I don't think you could really go through life alone. No. And, uh, you know, whether it's uh, all art is the projection of the artist, mm-hmm. you know but uh, I, I, I noticed that uh, even as the years have passed, uh, I have only grown closer with my siblings mm-hmm. than farther apart.
0: Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. uh, well, my, my brothers and I, there's five years between us, and so of course I was absolutely of no interest to them because they were teenagers and there were girls mm-hmm. to chase. Uh, and, you know, I was just their annoying little sister that they kept getting stuck babysitting because mom and dad wanted to go have a life and be adults and um, So but now and it's really odd when I get together with my brothers mm-hmm. because You know there, there's some physical resemblance if, if you get a photograph of the three of us you can see it through the eyes um, but every now and then I stop to think wow if we had not grown up together there's absolutely nothing that would have thrown us together in our lives, because the three of us have gone such different directions and are such a different people mm. that it's really hard sometimes to remember. Oh yeah, we came out of the same pair, <laughs> you yeah, know, the the, the 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 same set of of genes there. So, um, but I, I actually spoke with my brother recently. He turned 50, mm. and um, he's celebrating his. Youngest daughter's father in law also turned 50 about the same time, so they're celebrating by going skydiving together. <laughs> oh wow! Which you know, I think of the guy I grew up with, the rotten older teenage brother that I had, <laughs> who I probably at some point would have gladly pushed out of a window without a parachute, um, <laughs> is now going skydiving, and that just is astonishing to me. So,
2: well, you know what brings families either the, the, what brings families together or tears them apart is adversity
4: Mm -hmm. true
2: and uh it's how you band together one that makes the difference Mm -hmm. so uh, not that i wish adversity on everybody but sometimes it does help to know where you
0: stand. It, it clarifies relationships yeah, and hard. priorities it's in hard. in a really swift and sudden kind of way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so...
4: so uh, it causes a cosmic kick sometimes. Yeah. But... I'm sorry, go on. No, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm just, uh, you know, enjoying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So
0: um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the book as well. And because uh, memory being what it is, I don't remember if the book came out with the deck or after oh, the deck? Much,
2: uh, okay. It it's you know it, it
0: came an old. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it, this is the problem with having lots of books and lots of decks. It's kind of like, were these simultaneous released? Did I get them separately? No, or no did way. they come out together and I got them separately? Um, you know, so. Um, so after having the deck out for a while, you just woke up one day and said, gosh, I want to write the book to go with it, or...?
2: You didn't want to clean house anymore. Uh, uh, Stuart Kaplan decided that he was going, wanted to start packaging book and deck sets. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the first person. I didn't work quick enough. (laughs) (laughs) So he, a person from England said, I would like to write a book. Mm Mm-hmm on the Sacred Rose Tarot. Wow. You know, and, and, uh, or, I don't know whether he says he wanted a book on the Sacred Rose Tarot,
5: Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: this person just basically took the little white booklet and just padded it. Mm -hmm. But then he did something under the pains of universal karma. Mm -hmm. Under... The sword of Damocles <laughs> under the Gordian, <laughs> being tied up with the Gordian knot. He changed my association. Oh no!
5: Oh <laughs> no!
2: Oh
0: my goodness! this fire? Oh, he went continental, did he?
2: Uh. He had. So if that didn't, that got me moving. (laughs) I
3: was
4: going to (laughs) say, suddenly you you,
2: you, you, experienced a shift in priorities. That got me moving. I got me moving. Mm.
4: Oh, I can imagine. (laughs) I
2: got to change. You know, the gods always keep you humble,
3: you know? And
0: they have a way of getting your attention.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I will have my name (laughs) Bell. <laughs> I will have my name mispronounced. You name it, it happens. I always thank the gods. Yes, thank you, dear God, <laughs> that you keep me so humble. <laughs> <laughs> but change my association. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> For shame. Hey. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, so that's... <laughs> hmm? So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let that be a
1: warning to anyone who wants to have a tarot deck. They should write their own interpretive book.
2: I think so. Don't yeah. leave
1: it up to somebody else.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, you're not going to be happy. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but I really- uh,
2: you, you know, even if it's just a basic outline
5: mm-hmm.
2: of uh, each card right? and what you want to say of it, mm-hmm. at least have something in writing that if someone else comes along and, uh, and even if you're not a bird a ber- you know well you don't want to write let's put mm-hmm. it that way at least you have something to give them and say say what you may but this you stick to yes. mm-hmm. here
0: my ideas put them into complete sentences right right now um, i really like the way the book um, that you structured um the discussion of the cards um, you know, it's 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 the preliminary material about associations and symbology and setting up your altar and things like that. I think it's helpful, um, particularly for people who are newer to tarot. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who aren't, you know, you can always learn something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like the way you set up um, with the majors. You have a quote um, and then a discussion of the images on the card. And then the meditative and divinatory meanings. And then kind of the step that that card represents. Um, I think it's a very, um, well, I don't use the word functional, because that implies it's limited, um, but but it is very functional in that it kind of leads the reader along to, oh, there's this, there's this. Now, what do I think of this? What do I think of this? Um, instead of just you know reading the book and accepting, oh, this is what this card means, that you give them space to think creatively.
5: Yeah,
0: And I, I think that's very important, because Unfortunately, I've read a lot of books, not just tarot books, but books in general of this is the only way that you can view this particular topic or subject okay, or I image. Um, I, I once found an art history book that was just awful that way. There's only one way to view every painting in the entire world according yeah. to the author of this <laughs> book. It's like, well, well, I don't know that da Vinci and Michelangelo and Titian and Raphael would agree with you, but... Um, but but I and I, then you throw Pollock in the mix, and well, definitely not. <laughs> no, it's completely different thing. Um, did that just was that um, again? Was that intentional, or just you sort of developed that?
2: Well, I I am the type of person uh, who believes in the question, mm-hmm. and I believe that the question can lead to lead to multitude of insight and and answers mm-hmm. of oneself. I know. I. I, How can you? You cannot create the creative force within each person because I do believe that tarot is an art form. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Reading, doing a a proper, a good, an insightful reading is an art form. Mm Mm-hmm. It's. So you have to leave room for expression. Right. And you cannot leave room for expression mm-hmm. unless you open up avenues within the person. Right. To to explore. hmm And, hmm, I'm trying to do this. This is very... Uh, it's, it's just a part of my own personal philosophy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: To teach is to learn.
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a great way to look at that. Yeah. I also like how you structured um, with the minors that you put all and instead of doing the cards by suits you did them by number so the aces the deuces Mm -hmm. the threes the fours um because i think sometimes people get too much into the linear progression as they're working through the suit Mm -hmm. and you know two must follow one three must follow two well yeah but how do you know what happens if i get three twos in a reading Mm. yes how does that relate and what am i supposed to be paying attention to um and so I, and I, again, very much like the way that you present them because you describe the card, but you still leave space for the person who's reading it to draw their own conclusions about what they're seeing and what it symbolizes.
2: Yeah, um. yeah. well, that's Uncle Al, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, anyone, I don't know about you. you I, I was not looking forward to doing a linear progression on the sword.
0: Mm-hmm. Not anybody's idea of fun. No. no.
2: So I said, let me see. And Uncle Al definitely had in the Book of Talks, he did do all the fours, all the twos, all the three. And I said, you know what? That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Because then I could work the, the roses. Right. And, mm-hmm. bu- bu- and, and so I built upon whatever had to be built upon within a structure. Mm-hmm. The four sacred roses with their elemental powers and their metaphysical uh, definitions or descriptions, the words. Oh, Mm -hmm. I love the words. Mm -hmm. I love, most people don't like the word associations. I find them wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's Strife, (laughs) what is strife? Five of swords, kiddo. Competition, you take out your thesaurus.
5: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then
2: you could have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That alone could be a workshop. Mm-hmm. Everyone brings their thesaurus <laughs> yes. and we go through <laughs> the word associations of the tarot. Well, that would be entertaining, actually.
0: Um, let's make a note of that.
2: It is amazing. <laughs> it is an amazing uh, exercise.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And um, so I enjoyed that part I enjoyed that type of investigation and seeing how, for instance, strife is the uh, five of wands.
5: Okay. Mhm.
2: Fire of <coughs> motivation. Mhm. Okay. Because I use uh, five as being ruled by Mars, and 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 I've come to the conclusion that. All of the word associations have to do with motivation. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I use the word motivation. Uh, So uh, fire of motivation. Mm -hmm. Competition. Oh. The fire to succeed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To get the upper hand. The fire in the belly. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Have you ever been so ambitious (coughs) that you would do anything?
0: I sometimes feel that way on Saturday mornings,
2: um, and then
0: uh, and then I look at my to-do list and think, well, okay, um, <laughs> let me let me
2: make some priorities. You know, it's almost like the Wall Street type of, uh, <laughs> yeah, of they, uh, ambition. The mm-hmm. uh, you know go get and you know that type of thing.
0: Yeah, that that single-mindedness of purpose.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's. Um,
2: yeah. Almost frightening. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost. Well, you know, it depends on you're what you're... F- an Olympic athlete, it's not so good in uh, a president. Yeah.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, Um, you know, I, I, I'm all for focus and, and motivation, but uh, a little balance is good, too. Yeah. Always good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, um,
2: the, uh, there is always, well, you will get your balance in the sixes. <laughs> mm-hmm. The adjustment.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: as I term I'll put the term I use for the six is, mm-hmm. is bad adjustment, just mm-hmm. like uh, Crowley did I like Uncle Al <laughs> I think Uncle Al has uh, been given a bad rap
5: mm-hmm. and he
2: was very insightful to human nature mm-hmm. you know Arthur Waite Arthur Waite keeps on talking of the secret church that he never defines. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying
4: Yes, and yes, we do.
2: And I, I once, t- once opposed this uh, question to several very well-known people in Tarot. And I said, you tell me, what does rate believe is the secret church?
0: And what kind of answers have you gotten?
2: No one could answer. That. Really? What? Well, no one answers me. Mm-hmm. I know what he meant by it. Mm-hmm. It's the Grail Church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was a very devout Catholic, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. wait. So But he also was uh, uh, someone who believed in the Grail. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, um, I don't know if you've read um, any of Mary Greer's work on um, the miners in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck um, as um, symbolic representations of the grail myths.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, cause the the first time uh, I, I heard her present at a workshop was actually at the um, Los Angeles Terra Symposium.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, she fires up her PowerPoint presentation and starts talking, and it's like, we're all just there going, wow. And we only have an hour and 15 minutes for this. Can we take all day? <laughs> uh, it's really quite amazing. Uh, because... Once, you know, it's like many things. Once somebody points it out to you, it's incredibly obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, Until then, you're thinking, oh, it's this, it's this. And it's like, oh, right, yeah, that's Percival, no problem. Yeah, I got it now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The grail legend is amazing. Mm -hmm. It's it's an amazing story. But also, other than the grail legend as we know it with the knights, we also have uh, the bloodline legend. Mm-hmm. Of, and that's truly, truly what I believe Arthur Waite was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I have this whole little theory that the Cathars who worshipped the Pentacle all alter. Did you know that the Cathars worshipped the Pentacle? No. No.
5: Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, they did not teach that in my history class.
2: Okay. Cathars <laughs> who. uh who were uh, a very uh, like the Mennonites or mm-hmm. of the uh, Christian world? Uh, they have an altar in a cave, and on the wall of the cave is a pentacle. Wow! I
0: and, understand.
2: And what was so interesting is is that uh, some of them left and. You know, I am, when it comes to dates and histories and everything, yes, what you know now is what you know now.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: History only develops through factual documentation that surfaces. I mean, the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls really set religion on its ear you know, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. we know it. So, but I, you know, they said that a couple of them were able to escape and uh, carry something with them and I'm just wondering if the tarot images weren't the story of the Grail family or the Mm. bloodline Mm. and I'm I'm, I'm just I mean I am just throwing things out and I am not a scholar Mary Greer is really the person (laughs) That you have to speak to are Robert Mm O'Neill, but I believe he's he's ill and he cannot speak Mm -hmm. right now uh, because of his illness, Mm -hmm. but Bob O'Neill, but uh, there is a lot of things going on. There's a movie out, and I'm Mm -hmm. uh, giving it a plug, called Bloodline. Mm -hmm. Do you know of it? No. It's, uh, you can actually uh, see some of it on uh, the web. And it, it's a documentary about uh, uh, the possible actual finding of a corpse
3: yeah.
2: in Templar regalia yeah, okay. buried in the mountains of France. Huh. And uh, and I, well, this is one. I I, I suggest every person <laughs> who's interested in in tarot and the secret church mm-hmm. that Arthur Waite spoke of <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. go see this movie hmm. well, we'll have to check it out
2: yeah please
0: do and let me know <laughs> yeah oh, that's, that's fascinating thank you it's, so, hold it's a whole well, new
1: chapter of what we can do here at our podcast is movie reviews
0: yeah oh it's it's, it's, it's one of the things I love um, when we're doing these interviews with our, our wonderful guests is just all these interesting things they throw out it's like okay I have to read that book I need to see this movie I need to check out this deck so that's very interesting thank you
2: yeah. I, I find uh, any of that information interesting mm-hmm. I'm such a Da Vinci Code type of person. <laughs> disgusting, I know I, I know, Dan Brown has it all on he's a millionaire, you know
0: yeah, well, you know, so is J.K. Rowling so um, but, um, yeah, so, wow um, well, interesting, okay, we'll check out this movie and see if we can find it somewhere we live mm-hmm. in San Francisco. We can find anything. Oh, for sure. San Francisco,
2: definitely.
0: It's mm-hmm. probably at our corner video store.
2: <laughs> no, it wouldn't be in the. It's actually in the movie theaters now. Oh, oh. really? It's, you know,
0: I, I, I only see movies on airplanes. So I'm like, it doesn't occur to me that people actually go to the movie theater and see a movie.
2: Oh, well, please! They're lining up for the Dark Knight already.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's well, true. That's
4: tonight. Yeah, it is. Yes. Okay. Midnight. I thought it
0: was out Midnight. already. Oh, I, Midnight thought it was, joins. I thought it was out already. I guess it's just been advertised to death, so I thought it yes. was out. That's yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, what do I know? Um, yeah, I'm blaming the jet lag. Uh, <laughs> so, well, great. Well, um, I think we should probably wrap it up here. Um, we've been keeping you rather a while. But we really appreciate your time, Johanna. This has been fascinating. Oh, thank you, and really appreciate your background on the deck and your work with tarot, and all these interesting this interesting movie to check out. Definitely, and um, hey, maybe we'll go to the movies tonight. Hey, well there you go. Hey, we'll get out, we'll finish the podcast, and see if it's playing, and mm-hmm. drink a lot of coffee, and go see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you so much, Jenna. Really appreciate it, and appreciate you being flexible with our East Coast West Coast schedule oh, here.
2: And thank you for putting up with my. Uh, Whatever faux pas I may have said in between, because of very being very tired. Oh, you no, didn't know no. no. you were today. You
0: were perfectly charming and nothing to worry about. So indeed, uh, great. Well, this has been the Tarot to Go radio podcast with Anastasia Rose Red and Andrew and the fabulous Johanna Gargiulo Sherman, creator of the Sacred Rose Tarot. Um, any podcast comments or requests for people you'd like us to interview, drop us a note, podcast at tarot-2-go.net. Check out our website, listen to our other podcasts, let us know what you think, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening.
3: Bye. Bye Bye. Bye.